Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As we are always seeking and longing for relationship in life, we are privileged to get to know other Christians who are brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. As Christians, the closest friends and relationship outside of our family should be other Christians. And we have the same Savior who saved us from sin and hell, and we believe in the same beliefs and truth, and we live for the same eternal purpose, and also share the common spiritual practice. We read God's Word. We pray every day. And that we even pray before our meal. And that we witness. We have some tracks in our purse or in our car, in our pockets. And we try to live a holy life and a godly life that is truly uh, magnifying the light of our Savior. And we have that same practice always occurring in our lives. And as we have this fellowship, we're glad to be here together. And we're glad to share our lives together. And the institution of God's church helps us to value the same purpose and goals and the practice together. For we are all called out. That's what the church means. A called out assembly. A Christian should not be more attracted to the world, for they are contrary to the things of God. And if you go to the next slide, let's look at this verse here together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, let's look at it together. The Bible says, And be not unequally yoked together with who? Unbelievers, meaning those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Are you saying that you should be mean to them? No. Are you saying that we should all somewhat try to create a distance where we don't even talk to them? No. But it's talking about uh, 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 having that same type of philosophy or same type of practice of life and trying to yoke together when you don't really match together because you don't have the same Savior. The Bible continues to say, it says, For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion had light with darkness, and what concord had Christ with Belial. What peace does Christ have with Belial, a person who has rejected him? Or what part had he that believeth with an infidel? And if you go to the next verse, and uh, as we think about those verses before, Jesus Christ or God's word is letting us know that, hey, you cannot dwell together in unity. Unbelievers and believers, they cannot in any sense dwell together in unity or in the same practice or purpose. Why? Because one party do not have Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. They're not born again, and they don't have the new man created in Christ Jesus. They don't revere God's Word, and they don't pray for the directions of their lives, and they cannot in any sense be unified together. And now look at the uh, the, uh, uh, ammunition that the Word of God gives us after He gives that reasoning. It says in verse 16 and 17, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Let's read verse 17 together. This is the admonition. Ready? Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, 
and I will receive you. You see, in order to have that close fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to put aside the worldly things. you got to put aside the worldly life. And God says, I will receive you. I will have that wonderful fellowship that I desire with you. And as Christians today, I hope you're thanking the Lord and that you're grateful that you are born again and you have been set apart and that you are here at this church and listening to God's word. And I hope you have that thrill in your heart because God has changed your life. And uh, I want you to understand from the scriptural, uh, uh, the biblical uh, standpoint that, uh, uh, that the world and, and Christianity do not go along together and they don't meet in the same end. It's like oil and water. It doesn't mix. It's like water and fire. Both can't exist together. And thank God for Christians in this world, especially in this local assembly of believers where we can exist and share our lives together and have the same common philosophy of life in the biblical standpoint and have the same uh, practice of life based on the commandment of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank God for the church and that we get to do that. And we have been set apart from the world and, uh, and we're sanctified and we're children of God and not only that, we get to be here together as Christians so that we could really, really enjoy this fellowship and that we could truly uh, meet each other and encourage each other along the way. And as Christians, here it is, We should want to be together. We should want to be together. Writing to the church in Thessalonica, and Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. It's very obvious Apostle Paul wanted to be with other Christians. I have a great desire to see you face to face. I think about the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, night and day, praying exceeding that we might see your face. Now, as we think about the word face, as the Apostle Paul gives in chapter 2 and chapter 3 in 1 Thessalonians, you know, Apostle Paul was not talking about Facebook. And uh, not in sense of the social media of FaceTime or Skype. They didn't have that at all. I mean, they had to take long journey to go see other brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. And these internet tools that we have today, they're a great blessing. And I am not against it. I'm actually for it in precaution, of course. And, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, precaution because you could get really easy, easily into gossip, and also we could avoid reality and that, and that uh, true fellowship, which is face-to-face. Now, fellowship should be more than just a social media, and the social media is a great, to, great tool to keep in touch, and I'm sure many of you here in this room are friends one another in the social media, and, uh, and you're probably offended right now if they're not your friends, and uh, maybe you, you have sent out a, uh, a friend request, and they haven't accepted it yet, and uh, what is wrong with that brother, what is wrong with that sister, you know, and I hope that's not hindering the message this morning, and uh, you know, a lot of people are into social media, and I'm not against it at all, I think it's a great tool to keep in touch, but I believe that's all it really does, just to keep in touch. It's just a touch, not a deep sharing and giving relationship. And it's only truly possible through face-to-face fellowship. 
And that's why Apostle Paul, even though he wrote so many epistles, he always desired to see the brothers and sisters face to face. And I hope you have that desire every single Sunday morning as you come together. You have a great desire to see other brothers and sisters face to face. And it's only truly possible through a, 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 a local assembly and local services like this. And we should desire to be here. We should desire adult Bible classes. We should desire prayer together and home fellowship. We should desire Wednesday night Bible study during the week. Why? Because we desire to be with Christians. How many of you, as you go to work sometimes, it really discourages you to see unbelievers and non-Christians living their life and, and in, any, in every sense could tempt you and also maybe get you to be envious and, and also in every sense that you could get somewhat downcast because of all the different sins that you see and all the different, I guess, lifestyle you see. And, and I'm sure many of you agree that it could truly discourage you. And that's what the church is for, so that you could come here and you could truly enjoy the Christian fellowship and be encouraged and be edified together. And I hope you enjoy this fellowship even today. And uh, that's what God desires for us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let's look at the next screen there. And if you go to Hebrews 10, 25, and uh, let's read this together. Ready? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Look at the next phrase, as the manner of some is. You know, there are some who are just not wanting to be in a local church assembly. Now, in every sense, they might be a Christian, but they're against it. And uh, they don't think it works. And, and uh, they're bitter about the church. They're bitter about everything that's going on within the church. I know we're not perfect people, but thank God we have a perfect Savior. Amen? And thank God we could uh, revere Him and that we could worship Him and that we could love Him. And if you know the love of Christ, we could really love each other despite all of our faults and all of our weaknesses or maybe uh, 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 mistakes that we have in our lives. And, and I hope you enjoy the assembling of ourselves together. And that's what God desires. And we should not be against it, but we should be more for it. And uh, also, God desires for us to be gathered together so that we may encourage others to come. And we ought to be a loving church. And uh, we ought to be a friendly church. And uh, we ought to, in every sense, get uh, uh, out of our comfort zone to shake a hand and also even greet somebody and, and really talk about the week with them and, and what they do in life and truly share lives together. And I heard about there are seven ways to know that your church is unfriendly and we should try to avoid it as much as possible. And uh, if you go to the next slide, number one, when the sign-out says, for members only, and that's not a very friendly church, is it? And I don't think any visitors would come. Number two, parking sign says unauthorized vehicles would be towed at owner's expense. And, uh, you know, I think many people might be hesitant to park in our parking, I guess, area. Number three, and uh, when you say praise the Lord and the guy behind you says we don't do that here. And, uh, you know, people could be discouraged along the way there and not having that friendly church. And number four in this unfriendly church, message title is this, the theological significance of the eschatological uh, dimensions of the sanctified life and the premillennial view of predestination. Thank God I'm not preaching that this morning, amen? 
And <laughs> I mean, what a sermon title. Number five. And uh, when, they, when, the pa- when they pass the plate twice, that's not a very friendly church, amen? Thank God we only have one time where we give our offerings. Number six, and uh, during the fellowship, coffee's fifty, donuts are dollar. Limit one, though. <laughs> Limit one, though. Thank God at Bible Baptist Church is limitless. But you've got to get there and uh, first come, first serve, all right? Many of you are discouraged when you get there. It's empty boxes. Hey, man, it from home, we got to get to it, you know, early in the morning. <laughs> Number seven, when the church motto is, we're getting smaller but pure. That's a very bad philosophy, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, with all jokes aside and humor aside, you know, uh, we want to be a friendly church, God's people say. We want to make sure that we love each other and, and that we try to be there for one another and and if there are new guests, we want to make sure that we share our lives with them as well. And uh, we want to attract people to the Lord Jesus Christ, not shun them away. And this is, all starts with how much we are willing to give and, and share our lives together. And so I'd like to encourage you this morning to grow up into him in fellowship. And this doesn't have to be forced or be done in an unwilling way. I believe you could be spiritually filled. And it can be done in a way where you're led by the Holy Spirit and you truly have the love, of, the love of the Spirit and of the joy of the Spirit and of the peace of the Spirit. And I hope you have that and I hope it could be very genuine. So what are we to know in our fellowship with other Christians? I'd like to share with you three vital biblical helps in developing a growing fellowship. All right. So number one, if you're taking notes in your bulletin, we should take heed to comfort and construct. We should take heed to comfort and construct. Verse 11, the Bible says, it's already in your bulletin as well, if you'd like to go to it and we look at it. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. You know, as we desire fellowship, whether that be church family or uh, family members or in public life, I think we could agree that we, sh- we wish the uh, fam- fellowship to be profitable. And the Word of God encourages us to comfort each other. That's one of the most vital desires that all of us have. And we want to be comforted, not to be judged all the time. Uh, not to be belittled all the time, not to be criticized all the time, and not to be laughed at or be looked down upon all the time. We long to be comforted and be accepted. And our words and what we communicate have a lot to do with it. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, I'll read for you, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And uh, the Word of God also says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, Comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. So what we say and what we do comforts us. And in application, what we say and what we do can comfort not only ourselves, but also others. For in our text says, comfort yourselves together. You see, it's only right that Christians ought to treat others with love, respect, and comfort. And we ought to understand each other, and we ought to be there for one another, and we ought to include one another so that we can be comforted. The Apostle Paul also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and as I was studying this, this really convicted my heart. Let's go to the next verse here. It says in verse 25, I'm sorry, maybe, do you not have 1 Corinthians chapter 1 there? And uh, I guess you don't. 
And uh, let me just read to you in verse 12, and I'll get to that verse later. The Bible says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and of Paulus, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ. It's in your bulletin, by the way. In verse 13, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? You see, the Bible says in a very uh, uh, convicting way, Hey, as Christians, we should not be divided. And the, uh, the question that the Apostle Paul gives is, is Christ divided? No, Christ is not divided. As we think about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, are they divided? No, they're in unison. And they're, in unity, and, and, uh, they're working toward uh, uh, in unison. And, uh, and as Christians, we ought to be the same. And, and uh, in every sense, we ought not to be followers of men and followers of crowds, but we ought to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we follow Jesus Christ all together, I believe we could be unified. And uh, I think about what the Apostle Paul said in one epistle. He says, be followers of me as I am also of Christ. Well, I believe what he was saying there. He's not saying, I, look at me. No, he's saying, let's follow the Lord Jesus Christ together. Let's be unified together and follow the Lord Jesus Christ together. And may we never, as Bible Baptists, be divided, but always be in unison and have that unified body serving the Lord Jesus Christ and loving the Lord Jesus Christ. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's look at this. It says that there should be no, what? Schism. That means rent. There should be no rent in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. And, and what, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Hey, if someone's grieving, the Bible is saying you should cry with them. If someone is rejoicing, hey, you should rejoice with that person. You know, if somebody got a new house, you're not envious. You are rejoicing with that person. And if someone got a promotion at, at, at their work, you're not jealous, but you are in every sense happy and glad for that person. That's what the body of the Lord Jesus Christ do. And if someone's going through trial, if someone is going through some heartaches, hey, you're there for them, you're praying for them. And I know we're not all perfect in this area, but we should have that desire. I believe we should have that uh, surrender in our hearts so that when those times come, that we're there for each other and we're comforting each other much as possible. Oh, when people are divided, there is no opportunity of comfort and acceptance, but disinterest and rejections. I think about what Gandhi said very convicting what he said. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. It's a very honest evaluation. Now, as he, is, as he has said that, that doesn't excuse him in not believing the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, of course, he'll He'll face a great white throne judgment. And, and since he had never received Christ as his personal Savior, and, and uh, you know, all mouths will be shut, and, and God will judge everybody according to their works, and the books will be open, and, and they'll, have, they'll, have, they'll not have anything else to say to God the judge. And, uh, but but, but this, this cult right here should truly convict us how we are as Christians, though. 
it should truly help us to realize that, hey, we're not just Christians here in this building. We're Christians out there. Your neighbors are watching you. Your, your friends are watching you. Your coworkers are watching you. Your employees are watching you. Your employers are watching you. We're Christians out there as well, not just here. You're a Christian because you go to church. No, you're a Christian because you have Jesus Christ in your heart. You have Jesus Christ in your heart, and wherever you go, you're a Christian. And uh, we ought to, in every sense, be a Christian out there and also be a Christian here and try to comfort each other and encourage each other as much as possible. We ought not to live a double life, but we ought to live a life that is uh, 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 in transition of unification and also in harmony. And uh, let us not be double-minded, but let us have that one purpose in pleasing, pleasing Christ and loving others and comforting one another. And, uh, you know, Christ is not divided, nor does he bring division. Let us be the same, comfort one another, be there for one another. You see, uh, not only comfort, as we comfort each other and as we display that love of Christ within this church, and not only in this church, maybe outside of this church and having the right testimony, but we ought to have construction, edification, to build up. And our text reads, edify one another. As we comfort one another, we ought to build up each other and not tear down each other. One writer wrote, every believer needs a church even if it's just just four or five of you meeting together to worship. I know my relationship with Christ would deteriorate if I didn't surround myself with people who encourage and challenge me in my faith. And when we come together, we should desire to build up one another in faith and, uh, you know, how God has answered your prayer and how God loves you and, and how God has not give up on, given up on you. And, and uh, all that building up and edification should be there. And, uh, you know, if somebody makes a mistake, hey, you're there to comfort them and let them know, hey, they have done that mistake or maybe committed that sin, but you're also ready to construct them and build them up and encourage them and say, hey, brother, you could do it again. Hey, brother, you could be a, a witness again. And hey, brother, you could be a, a fine Christian again. And, uh, you know, uh, though a man falls seven times, hey, they get back up again. And, uh, and we ought to have that grace much as possible and building up other Christians. And I think about a few years back, I was at a, a pastor's conference and, and uh, 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 I spoke to uh, uh, the former uh, executive vice president of my college, and he's still there. And, and I asked him about some different counsels that I needed, and and I asked him, I told him about my mistake, and I told him about this areas of my life, and and I was very transparent with him, and and I kind of regret my decision, and and, uh, and he looked at me and he said, Jimmy, God has not given up on you, and he also said, Jimmy, God is not done with you. Because I felt like I was done. I felt like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I felt like, you know what, I, I don't think I could be the right Christians that I need to be or be the right minister I could be. And, but that man of God who has been in ministry for the last 35 plus years, he's encouraged me, looked me in the eye and said, he is not finished with you. And I want to encourage you this morning, Jesus Christ is not finished with you either. You might be frustrated and you might be thinking, you know, why is... Why, why am I like this? And why do I have so many problems? Why do I have so many uh, weaknesses and, and shortcomings? But I want you to know that the grace of God is sufficient. 
and the grace of God will help you to grow. We grow in grace, not grow in judgment. We grow in grace. And thank God for God's grace. And uh, let us be gracious toward one another and try to edify one another in the Lord Jesus Christ. Building up each other, not tearing down, because the devil is very good with that. And may we not join in his endeavor as well. Number two, not only the comfort and construct, we have to have communication and concord. Verse 12, the Bible says in 13, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which uh, labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Notice the first portion of verse 12, to know them which labor. You know, we need to make sure we have communication so that we may get to know each other. And, uh, you know, uh, I believe communication is a key to growth in any relationship. If, if a husband and wife is not communicating with each other, hey, the, the, the marriage is really deteriorating, and it's not what it should be. If, if a parent is not communicating to the children and vice versa, hey, that parent and child relationship is not really growing. It's not really going forth as it should. And, uh, and as Christians, let us truly be honest and be transparent in our communication, but also be wise, amen? And uh, not in any sense, uh, 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 say some rude things because you feel like it, but let us all be gracious and, and uh, at the same time, truly let them know what's going on in our lives and there's nothing wrong with that many people are reserved to let others know what's going on in their lives and it could be uh, 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 things that happen uh, 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 that really encourage you along the week or it could be things that you're going through trials with or or in any sense you know uh, 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 something that uh, that something there's something that happened that was laughable and that was, you know, someone that really humored you. And that could be a wonderful thing, too. And just communicate in a transparent way. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, I think you do that with family. I think we could do that as a church family as well. And, and just trying to be, in every sense, uh, be wise about it. I remember uh, uh, last uh, 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 January, uh, uh, during the New Year's Day, and uh, uh, our whole family, I think, uh, 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 my, in- my, brothers, my brother-in-laws and, and my mom and and also my cousins, uh, we all went out to eat, uh, uh, I forget, the poly pies, I think. And we went out to eat there, and we had a good time together. And afterwards, uh, a few of us wanted to go to the beach and walk on the beach area. I think all of us did, actually. We went out there to look at the beach and, and uh, a Redondo Beach area, and, and we enjoyed the view. And we walked on the pier and everything else. And I think one family left after a while, and then we were walking back toward the parking lot. And, and we're all fellowshipping, we're having fun, and... And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, I had to use the restroom, so I was looking around, where's the restroom around here? And I saw the restroom door, and I just kind of walked over there, and I opened the door, I went in, I looked around, I said, whoa, this bathroom looks a little different. And uh, I looked around, and I see the stalls, but I don't see the, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, the, 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 the facility for the men. And I was thinking, oh, this is a little different. So I went into the saw, and, you know, I did everything. And then I washed my hands. I looked at myself in the mirror. Oh, this would be so funny if this is a woman's bathroom. <laughs> and I looked out and I looked at the sign. It was a woman's bathroom. <laughs> Your preacher went to a woman's bathroom. <laughs> and guess what? I didn't hide that. I went right over to Dr. Paul. Guess what happened? I went to the woman's bathroom. Maybe we laughed about it a little bit, you know. And uh, it was just, <laughs> you 
you know, I'm just simply saying, you know, uh, I, I, reali- I, I, I realized long ago that, you know, I don't have to take myself so seriously. You know, I, I can enjoy fellowship. I don't have to, in any sense, try to look so, you know, uh, uh, reverent and, and uh, in every sense. And by the way, I don't like the word reverend, yeah, man. Don't call me Reverend Jimmy either. <laughs> and uh, you call me Brother Jimmy or Pastor Jimmy, that's fine, all right? And the uh, only person we need to revere is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but I'm just simply saying, you know, some people are just too serious and, uh, and they're not able to open themselves up. I want to encourage you to open yourself up. And I believe that you'll find a good fellowship in our church. And uh, I believe that you could find a wonderful, wonderful relationship here. And uh, I hope uh, we desire that in communicating. Now, in this context, the writer is referring to those who are in leadership. Before you judge the leader, I encourage you to get to know him or her. The leader's desire, the leader's goal, the leader's vision, the leader's humor, or maybe personality. Get to know them. That's what the Bible is saying. Not only get to know them, but also have concord, meaning have harmony and peace, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. And and, uh, many Christians are critical and, and they tend to question the leadership and, and they're not at peace. And, and we do live in a very uh, cynical society and we're very skeptical and, and we question many things and many people and which we all understand because we have been burned many times. And I'm sure many of you have, uh, many have could, could give you some examples and illustration how we've been burned, maybe through different leadership and different uh, 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 type of, uh, 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 I guess, authoritarian uh, type of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, leadership that you have uh, maybe seen. And we could face some disappointments. I understand that. But that doesn't mean we stop believing in people. And, uh, you know, the Bible calls us to love with faith. And that's one of, that, that was the portion of Scripture I shared with you in the last greeting in the bulletin. And uh, when I read that in devotion, that really refreshed my soul. Love with faith. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that charity believeth all things and hopeth all things. Endureth all things, charity never faileth. If I truly love you, even though maybe you have disappointed me, I still believe that I could love you. Love with faith. And, uh, and, uh, and, and in every sense, you know, uh, I'm not in any, every sense a perfect leader, but I believe that we as Christians and you as a congregant and me as a leader, we could share that love of Christ together and love with faith much as possible and be surrendered to it. And we need God's peace concerning this matter. And, uh, and, we are, and, 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 and as we are seeking peace, uh, may we not seek strife. And, and, uh, and as, uh, as church, and whether that be in leadership, maybe whether you're an adult Bible teacher or maybe you're a, just a member, I want you to know, let us not seek strife, but let us seek peace. And, and it's, it's quite amazing, though, how people could get out of unity when they have known the other party so long, and, and they could be slack in this area, and, you know, uh, 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 and it's amazing how people could be so not sensitive toward each other, even though they have known the other person so long. I heard about a humorous story about a cowboy, uh, about the cowboys and Indians, and the two cowboys were hiding from the Indians, and, and one cowboy started a, uh, spotted an Indian coming toward their hideout. And so he alerted the cowboy leader, uh, there is an Indian coming this way. How well, how far is he, the leader asked. Well, from the view, he's about this small. 
And, uh, well, when he gets closer, then shoot him. And the scouting cowboy came back another 20 min- after another 20 minute or so, and, and he said he's getting close. Well, how far is he? Well, from the view, he's about this small. And, uh, well, okay, when he gets a little bit bigger in your view, when he gets really close, then shoot him down. After a few minutes later, in panic, the Indian is really close now, the cowboy said. Well, go ahead and shoot him then. And uh, the cowboy turned around to the leader and he said, how could I? I knew him since he was about this small. And, uh, you know, uh, as we think about that illustration, you know, uh, I want you to know there are some people that you have known for a very long time. And, uh, you know, how dare we kind of turn our back and gossip about them and, and really ridicule them and belittle them. And that you knew them for a very long time. I think if you knew them for such a long time, you should be more loving, you should be more careful, you should be more comforting. And, and the reason why you're not that way, even though you've known that person for a long time, is because you have some bitterness. You have some bitterness in your heart. Something that person did maybe a few years back, you have never gotten over that. You have never given it to Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, you might be thinking, oh, Brother Jimmy, they should have asked me to forgive them. Well, Jesus Christ didn't ask in any sense, demand that when he was hanging on that cross, he says, forgive them for, for they know not what they do. That's being more like Jesus Christ. And you let, let go of that bitterness. Okay. And I quoted something on Wednesday night. I said, you know, uh, when you fr- forgive somebody, you thought that you were releasing that person or in, you, you're freeing that person from bondage when you forgive somebody but you're actually freeing yourselves. You're in bondage. You're bitter. May the love of Christ cover that. And uh, I want to encourage you along the way. And, and as Christians, I want, I want to encourage you to love each other as much as possible. And, and if you have the opportunity, be gracious and build up each other. And, and also, in every sense, if you see a leader, Sunday school leader, or maybe uh, even leader like me as a pastoral position, uh, let us all love each other. And let us all, in every sense, be in the same direction in loving our Savior, too, and have balance. So with that, number three, let me move on. We have confrontation and compassion. Confrontation and compassion. Verse 14 and 15. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil for unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. You know, many people are afraid of this. Confrontation. And, uh, and biblical confrontation is not yelling and foaming at the mouth. Okay? And, uh, you know, uh, independent fundamental Baptists, uh, they have, you know, in every sense, thinking that preaching is all about yelling and foaming at the mouth. And uh, it's not so. I don't think Jesus Christ was foaming at the mouth all the time. And, uh, and that's not what confrontation is all about. And I believe, I believe that biblical confrontation is, involves patience, involves grace, involves meekness. Now, in true fellowship and friendship, there must be admonishment, meaning correction. Hey, uh, if you have a best friend, you want that best friend to tell you, hey, you're doing this wrong. There's something wrong with you here. And a true friend will be able to tell you that, and a true friend will receive that and truly change their ways of life. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 6, verse six uh, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Thank God for faithful friends 
who's trying to get you to the right when you're going to the left. It's trying to get you to the, the right destination and the right journey of the Christian walk. Yes, it might hurt. Yes, you might get offended. But you know it's right. And you're, you're, you thank God for your husband who does that. And that might be your best friend. Thank God for your wife who does that. And she might be your best friend. And, uh, and, and any friendship that you have in this church. And, and let us make sure we do it graciously and also honestly in meekness. And I think about Galatians chapter 6, the Bible says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, if you are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Meekness. Not in pride, okay? Not in a, 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 you know, strife, but spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You know, uh, uh, the tendency is when uh, someone is rebuking somebody, not uh, in the spirit of meekness, or reproving somebody, and, and, and being confrontational in a very prideful way, hey, I guarantee you, uh, uh, the devil will tempt that person in other sins, or in the same sin that he is confronting the other person about. Because there is that hypocrisy there. And, uh, and we got to make sure as Christians, hey, we're all saved by God's grace, amen? If we're going to encourage a Christian or uh, let them know about their uh, uh, mistakes, hey, let's go humbly before them and saying, hey, you did this wrong. And hey, I could have done that wrong too. And I have done my mistakes. But hey, let us go together uh, to the throne of grace and let us repent. Let us truly get right with God. Not this, hey, brother, won't you be like me? I never have done that. I never go to that kind of place. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, by the way, if you haven't been to our church for quite some time, you know, uh, don't let the look of our church, you know, I know I wear suits every Sunday. Don't let the look in any sense uh, uh, make you distant from us. We're not in, I'm not saying any things that I am uh, uh, better than you or anything like that. I just want to, in every sense, honor the Lord as I worship the Lord. And uh, that's, that, 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 that's just my stand on it. And, and, uh, and don't feel like we're very uh, uh, conservative or strict church. No, we're, we want to be a loving church. And we want to make sure we invite others to this loving fellowship much as possible. And, and uh, by the way, don't I have a good suit today? Isn't that a wonderful suit? A lot of brightness. And Brother Tovar and I were talking about the auditorium this morning. And Brother Tovar, this auditorium is kind of dark, isn't it? And then he said, yeah. Said, oh, no, he said, it's okay. And I kind of looked at the cross. Maybe a light could be on there. It would be nice to be more brighter, and uh, I kind of joked around, I said, but oh, that's why I'm wearing this suit, just trying to brighten up this place, and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just simply saying, and uh, 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 we want to receive you and accept you as you are, and help you along the way, and, and encourage you along the way, and uh, so with that in mind, uh, <coughs> some people could do it very wrong way, I think about one example, and, uh, you know, it, it is a tragic when anybody passes away. And whether that be a person who is not uh, uh, going in the right du- direction of Christianity. And I believe it is a tragic, and we had a tragic news that Fred Phelps, if we go to the next page there, Fred, Fred Phelps of Westboro Baptist Church just passed away this week. And how many have heard of this church? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm sure many of you did. And, and they were in the news media for quite some years. And, and uh, you know, uh, it's pretty much him and also his family that's really uh, in this church. And he and, his church family, uh, he and his church family was against homosexuality, and that's pretty much all they preached about. And, uh, and that's all they preached about sin. And I, I believe in preaching sin, but I believe in preaching love, too. Preaching grace so that they could be saved. 
And, uh, but that's all they preached about, mostly against homosexuality. And uh, several years ago, the nation caught their attention when they would picket signs of God's judgment of fallen soldiers because of the terrible sins of America. And they just implied that, hey, the reason why we had 9-11, the reason why we had all these different terrible things that happened in America is because of homosexuality, because of all these different sins. And, and uh, you know, only God knows, okay? But for us to let others know about that and let them, not let them know about the love of Christ, I don't think we're attracting, attracting people to the Lord Jesus, but we're really shunning them out. And that's what they did. And uh, he once said this. Let's look at the next page. You, uh, uh, if you go to the next, uh, yeah. You're not going to get nowhere with that slob that God loves you. That's a diabolical lie from hell without a biblical warrant. And uh, I want you to know, he's, a, he's from a Baptist church. We don't share the same practice as he does. I want you to know that. So just because he's a Baptist, don't rule out every Baptist. That's a diabolical lie from hell without biblical warrant. I don't know. I think John 3, 16 is still there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, uh, you know, uh, but this man, he was not in the spirit of meekness and trying to reach people. And, uh, you know, uh, this man uh, 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 loved holiness so much that he hated people. And he was trying to win others to the Lord. He was not trying to win others to the Lord, I'm sorry, but try to push them away from the Lord and his truth. And he did not manifest, manifest the light of the world so that the world might see his good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. He was not displaying that. And uh, he was trying to, in every sense, belittle people. And, uh, but here's the irony of it all. Go to the next page. Oh, next one. Here's a counter-protesters, those people who are for all the things that this church was against. Non-believers, maybe they're for homosexuality. After he passed away, this is the signs that they put. Sorry for your loss. Live your life and be awesome. Non-Christians, unbelievers, had the right stand concerning meekness and love than this church of hate and judgment. One of the counter, uh, this, this is the article that I read concerning these counter-protesters. This time the WBC was protesting at Lourdes concert and they held up all the unusual usual sign about God hating and punishing sinners. But wherever the Westboro herd goes, the counter-protesters are bound to appear too, and their sign gave off nothing but positive sentiment. And, uh, uh, sentiments. One of the counter-protesters explained this. We realized that it wasn't so much about antagonizing them, but sending out the counter-safe that we are here for people who need that message and need some positivity. You know, you know how could these people get it more right than this church? And uh, I'm not in any sense for these people, but in every sense, I am for balance as a Christian. Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. Would you say that with me? Grace and truth. You know, the Bible says that we need to speak truth uh, in love. You know, as much as we know the truth, we've got to present that truth in love. Nobody cares how much you know 
unless they know how much you care. It's as simple as that. And we got to care for one another. If you want to share the truth of the gospel with somebody, let them know how much you love them. If you want to encourage each other here at this church, let them know how much you love them first, and then try to help them in truth. Sunday school teacher, same way. Me, as a pastor, same way. we got to love each other as much as possible. And we're not all perfect in this area. I'm not. I'm trying. It's hard to put away those old habits, isn't it? It's always hard to put away the old man. But thank God for our Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And I could have that grace available, and I could be a better man. And let's make sure today that as we enjoy this fellowship together, we have these three wonderful truths into our hearts, and that we are graciously leading, leading each other, helping each other, and guiding each other.